Let's pray, shall we? Oh, Father, how glorious, how marvelous, how infinite you are. I love your sovereignty. I love your competency, your intelligence, your brilliance, your love, your plan of the ages. I love your son and your spirit. We celebrate the beauty of your trinity and the amazing grace that you would welcome us into the circle of family with you. We are undone by your love and your thoughtfulness. We are moved by you, stirred by you, and yet we ask that you would gently, and if you need to, powerfully blow inside of us and open up our spirits, open up our hearts, so that we can receive everything you want to pour into us tonight. Make us good soil, please, sir. So that all the seeds and the revelation and the power and the presence of your word that goes into us tonight, that then when we step into worship, it is watered, it is fertilized, and it explodes. And quickly, quickly, it becomes rooted and grounded in us, and we are quickly taken to a new realm of transformation of Christ in us the hope of glory. Father, I agree with you tonight, and I bless the spirit of your Holy Spirit. I bless the spirit in my brothers and sisters. I bless the spirit in myself, and we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Rise up and be yourself within us. Empower us, as the word says, to have the revelation of Jesus the Christ, to know the truth and to be transformed into his image. Save us. Save us from tradition. And save us from thinking in little boxes tonight. Father, sometimes our human nature, we hear a word and we go, oh, well, that connects to this, and oh, that is this, and uh, we don't realize we're tying it to an old wineskin when you're wanting to release something fresh and and new. We don't know how to handle new. We're not good at it. So we need your anointing. So we all, standing on your word that says, whatsoever two or three agree upon in your name you shall do, we agree with Paul's word. And we ask that out of the glorious riches of Christ Jesus, the power of the Spirit within us, would arise in our inner being, giving us the power, the divine power, to comprehend, receive, and integrate the heights, the depths, the widths, and the breadth of your love. And we promise you, for any and every good thing that happens in us and to us and between us and over us tonight, we will give you the glory. So, O oh Holy Spirit, give us the power to receive tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. Tonight, we are in a beautiful, beautiful season. We are between Passover and Pentecost. Passover 
when the Egyptians were brought out of bondage, Passover, when Christ died, Pentecost, when they went to Mount Sinai and Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down. And there are biblical times and seasons set by God. And they are the same every year, and they have been for thousands of years. Because the Jewish calendar, the biblical calendar, has never changed. So right now, we're between Passover and Pentecost. Passover, when the people are brought out of bondage. And now, we're in the season where the Spirit prepares us to become his bride. We are in a season when we put the mind at rest, the heart at rest, and we open up to connect spirit to spirit with him. So tonight, my friends, may Jesus quiet your mind and your heart. And even though you might be tempted that as I share to go, oh, that's this verse and this is this verse, may the Holy Spirit restrain you from your flesh. Because sometimes that's flesh. And let you not so honor what you know, but be open to what you don't know tonight. There is a word that the Holy Spirit wants to get deep in us tonight. It's a Hebrew word. It's husa. Husa. It sounds like the of a breeze. It sounds like the sound of ocean waves on the shore. It sounds like a sigh of relief. Husa. Husa is not a word we will understand with our mind or our heart. Husa is a God word. Husa is a spirit word that's understood spirit to spirit. Just like Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2. When he says that God is a spirit and man is a spirit and the spirit of God searches the deep things of God, it searches the deep things of man and wants to connect them. Tonight, it's not a mind or heart night. This is a night of spirit to spirit. David wrote, your testimonies are my heritage forever, and they are the joy of my heart. Israel came out of Egypt. The Red Sea parts. Husa. Husa. They were hungry, and manna comes from heaven, and quail comes from heaven. Husa. Husa. They are thirsty, and a dry rock becomes a fountain. Husa. They grumble and complain, and yet the Father says, I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself, that you would be my treasured possession among all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation They had been grumbling. They had been complaining. 
Exodus 24. And God said to Moses, Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and 70, 70 of the elders of Israel come up. Verse 9. And they went up and they saw They saw God, and under his feet was a pavement of sapphire stone with the very clarity of heaven. And God did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. And they all beheld God. Second Chronicles 5, and Solomon's going to dedicate the temple, and all the priests come, and the trumpets, and the harps, and the everything, the instruments, the voices. And there's two words that were the key. In unison. And the word there doesn't just mean musically. It means for this moment in time, all of the priests from all of the categories are in perfect oneness. And they erupt saying, for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. And the cloud of the Lord descended. And the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. And when Solomon finished his prayer, chapter 5, 2 Corinthians, Chronicles, fire came down from heaven, and it consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter because of the glory of the Lord. And when all the people of Israel saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they all bowed down with their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped, and they gave thanks to God, for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. And the women went to the tomb, and the stone was rolled away, and the angel spoke to them. And Jesus said, Mary, and the disciples were huddled in the upper room. John chapter 19, chapter 20 and 21 were huddled in the upper room, fearful, trembling that they might be arrested next. And though the door be locked, Jesus walked in and said, peace. Usa. 
and a second time, though the door was still locked and they were still afraid and still doubting, he walked in and he said, oh, Thomas, touch me. And he walked and he walked the road of Emmaus. It's about seven and a half miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Walked and talked and talked. He was never recognized. But then when he broke the bread, he pulled back the blindness from their eyes and the disciples saw him and knew him. And John 21 says that the disciples were considering returning to a career of fishing. And he comes and he says, throw your nets on the other side. And he comes and he's prepared breakfast for them. And it wasn't just for Peter that he said, do you love me? Because all the other disciples there had run away and had been hiding in fear too. And P Peter was just speaking for all of them. And in the Greek, he said, oh, Peter, do you love me with a love so precious that it's called out of your heart uncontrollably for me? Peter said, I am fond of you, Lord. Feed my lambs. Husa. 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 You see, we don't have an English word to translate Husa. English language has over 400,000 words. Hebrew has 8,000. So their words are fat and heavy. Every word is like the hope diamond that when you hold it up to the light, you see another facet and you're just speechless with it. Husa is an unshakable love for something that is flawed. You will say, oh, so it's grace. No, it's more than that. It's pity. It's mercy. It's compassion. No, it's more. We, you can line up all the English words you want. We don't have a word for husa. You can write a book and you still can't describe husa. Because in the Hebrew, husa is a spirit. It is something that is not received in your mind and through knowledge and study and fasting and prayer. It is known by spirit-to-spirit -spirit intimacy. You feel it and you know it because you know him. Not through the lens of what you have been taught or what you have experienced, but through a lens that you're willing to give him brand new. Like, I want to see you anew, Lord. Like in Exodus 33, 34, when Moses says, I, I, I want to see you, Lord. And of all the things that the Lord could have said to him, he proclaimed, the Lord is good. The Lord is slow to, to anger. The Lord is good, 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 good. But you see, even good doesn't work. We, we, you can eat a hot dog and say that's good. 
Good in English has nothing to do with good in Hebrew. Because good in Hebrew is the perfection of the excellency of the Most High God, boundlessly and fully expressed, which means it won't fit in our mind and it won't fit in our hearts. It's too big. Husa. Husa is the fullness of God being poured out without measure upon something oh so flawed but oh so greatly loved. Husa is empty of judgment. Empty of judgment. The Israelites grumble, manna, quail. The very elders that were to build the golden calf are welcomed into his presence and they see God and it is God and they see the blue sapphire of heaven underneath him. Husa. We would say, oh, so you mean it's not by works that any of us should boast. It's grace. It's more than that. It is bigger than that. Husa. When the presence of Husa gets into you, you have courage, but you have humility. You feel the presence of the Spirit of God so healing you, body, soul, and spirit, of all the judgments you've received and all the judgments you have released. You are undone because now, spirit to spirit, deeper than your mind or heart, you, you are aware that there is a different realm for life. And you're ruined because you don't want to go back to judging yourself or others. Or, or you, you want to, to, to breathe in you. It's that beckoning of him in your spirit and, and in that place of oneness. His wisdom just seems to braid into you. It softens us. It's shalom. It's wholeness. It's our narrowness being expanded without end forever. blowing out of you whatever your roots are that cause doubts or difficulty to receive his love or love yourself or receive love from others or receive rest and peace and just to receive the kingdom. It can't be defined. You can't Google it and find its definitions and memorize it. It is spirit to spirit. Acts 13 is an impeccable, impeccable chapter of God. 
all are. But on one hand, in Acts 13, we hear this, David was a man after my own heart. He did everything I purposed for him to do. And then you hear, let it be known to you that through this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him, everyone who believes is free from everything from which you could not be free in the law of Moses. It is the fullness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit filling you with the Father dealing with whatever your heavenly Father needs to heal in you and the Son and Jesus doing it and the Spirit doing it. All three are A couple of months ago, we talked about the power that we are carried on the high priest's garment. And that the way the Lord wanted the priest to bless the people was tell them the Lord bless you and keep you from number six. And that the bless you really was tell them the Father kneels before them and says, how may I love you? sense it has nothing to do with you and me. There are places where we go from glory to glory to glory, basking in It's like being born on the eagle wings of the Most High God and taken to a realm of intimacy in him for which there is no words. A realm where the kingdom of heaven just comes to earth and you're not trying to do this and we're believing for this. It's just, hoosa me, oh God. Hoosa, hoosa me. Many Jews will pray, oh God, my soul belongs to you. My body is your creation. Hoosa me, oh God. Oh, Jesus. Hoosa. Hoosa. It's an opening to the things of the Spirit that are biblical, that are sound, that are true, for which we have been too narrow to receive, much less experience in our own hearts and in our own loving relationships and how to love one another and be husband and wife and parent and, and a realm of love that is beyond. It's You say, oh, so it's an impartation from God. No, it's bigger. It's an anointing. No, it's bigger. Oh, it's glory. No, it's bigger. We don't have English words for Heals are receiving in the deep places.
clears away our blinders and then we see him. And we, we lose anything we may have of why did God do this to me or why didn't he answer this to me and, and I need an attention or a position or I feel less than and all those things because he loves us so much. He wants to come and gather into himself and lift the burden and the weight of that off of you because they're all lies, you see. See, it's all lies. Warfare, my dear ones, has nothing to do with you. And it has absolutely nothing to do with whether you're called with a baby calling or a big calling or who knows what kind of calling. Warfare has nothing to do with you. Don't, don't be so narcissistic. It has nothing to do with you. Warfare is to wound the Father's heart. Because any time we entertain and we give priority to a source besides him, he is wounded. And any time his promises that are yes and amen are not manifesting in us, he is hurt and he is weeping. The warfare is to wound him, beloved. That's all the enemy cares about, is wounding Papa's heart. So we come like a little child. Usami, God. Usami. Usami. Well, Susan, exactly what are you asking for? I have no clue. <laughs> Praise God, I have no clue. Because if I have a clue, then it's part of the old wineskin of things I knew yesterday. I don't want to fully understand it. Or else it's not the next realm of glory. Or else it's still got a lot of me in there and it's not fully him. I don't know. But he likes it. Mm. He's saying, may I pour my love on you in all the ways I want. I was recently meeting with a couple who's getting married and they said, we hear all this about submission. I said, oh, don't pay attention to it. Oh, pretty please, don't pay attention to it. I said, but pay attention to the Most High God and the Spirit of God. Submission is letting someone love you all the ways they want to love you. It has nothing to do with one ear and one ear. And even in Ephesians, when it says, husbands, submit to your wife, the Greek word is husbands, come side by side to your wife. Husa. If I can explain husa in detail, then I have missed it. And I have grabbed and laid my hands on something spiritual and brought it down to English words. And maybe there are many Revelations about what it means to touch not my anointed. Because Jesus is the word made flesh and he's the word. And sometimes we lay our hands on the word and we bring it down to put it in English words. And I wonder if we've touched the anointed one. And we've made him palpable.
Hoose me into your image. Hoose me into divine health. Hoose. Hoose me. Hoose me into teaching me how to love. Hoose me in knowing how to love other people your way. Hoose me until my decisions and wisdom are coming out of your spirit, not mine. Father, would you pretty please make yourself at home, sir? And Jesus and Holy Spirit, make yourself at home. Invite him into yourself right now. Ooh, me, God. And let the spirit be the spirit. 